Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. From inside the warehouse at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is the Masson All Access Podcast. Paul Mancano and Brenda Mortensen and joined by Steve Molesky on a special episode here to discuss Steve's new top 20 international prospects in the Oriole system. Steve, we saw the first part of this series come out today on MassonSports.com, so still plenty to discuss, but first and foremost... How does something like this, a project like this that you did last year, come together? Last year, you had the benefit of at least having not as much baseball in the spring because of the lockout. Now we have spring baseball. You had to deal with that. How do you put together a project that is this massive? Well, I'll tell you, with a lot of help from the Orioles uh, and a few other select people around around baseball, Paul, and, and basically last year, you know, you started to think about well, this is really a burgeoning international program with the Orioles. Uh, things are starting to really percolate in international. Some of these kids are now starting to move into uh, the States. There was a heavy international presence on the Del Marva roster. We know we saw Prieto as high as double-A. We saw Big Cosme get to Aberdeen. So these kids are on the come. And so I thought, you know what? Everybody has a top 30 if you don't raise your hand, there's about three people in the world left who don't do an Orioles top 30, but no one has an Orioles uh, prospects list. So I thought with the help of uh, some people that we could put one together and we did. And so it's not exact, it's not a, you know, an exact ranking. None of them ever are, but I think it's a good way to identify some players. The Orioles like some players who are doing well that we might hear a heck of a lot about in future years. And I mean, you know, last year, a guy like Ben Cosme, not many people had heard his name. Now it seems everybody knows his name. He's getting in top 30 lists. So this is exciting for the Orioles to have uh, what's going on right now with their international program. And Steve, it seems like every year, every signing period, we talk about how this system has grown under Mike Elias and Kobe Perez. Do you feel the same kind of thing this year where, you know, after another signing period, it's a similar kind of progression, a similar kind of growth, and the Orioles are getting close to, you know, maybe where the rest of the teams in baseball are with their international signings? I think they, they certainly are. I think they've about caught up. I mean, if you look at, uh, Brandon, the MLB pipeline, Orioles top 30 came out this week, a new fresh top 30. And seven of those 30 players were Orioles signed international product seven out of 30 that's pretty good and i think there's five or six on the baseball america top 30 so uh it's not just a small number now these kids are really starting to make their way amongst the orioles top prospects list it's very exciting uh, where once it was wow the orioles signed a million dollar player now they're doing it every signing period uh and i think the day is coming we may see the orioles do you know, if you look at uh, in January 15th, there are teams that might sign 25, 30 international prospects. There are some teams that sign six or seven. And the reason they do that is they give a whole boatload of money, a lot, a large percentage of their pool to maybe their top guy, a three or four million dollar guy. And then they only sign a couple others after that. So the Orioles have said that that day could be coming for them if one class uh, in the future they deem you know, there's a really big fish. We're going to get him, and then we'll we'll take some other guys with him. 
they might do that. But for now, they're still signing, you know, quite a few players each year. Uh, and they're being very competitive in that market. And Steve, one more before we get into the list and starting with number one. The Orioles have used multiple avenues to acquire talent in this way. They've traded for a lot of prospects, especially early on in Mike Elias's tenure. He was getting guys that were kind of throw-ins in deals that were recent international signees because it's taken so long for them to kind of build this depth. And now that they have this depth, what can it do for an organization that is trying to win ballgames in the, in the short term you know, use these guys as trade pieces because some of these guys is some of these guys are 16, 17, 18 years old that they'll continue to sign. But having that kind of depth at the lower levels, what can that do for an organization that as the Orioles turn the page in this rebuild, they're going to be trying to win some ball games in the short term? Well, I think one thing it might do in, in the short term, Paul, next year or two, for instance, is uh for instance, now the Orioles had eight top 100 guys and nine on one list, ESPN. And as some of those graduate, lose their prospect eligibility like Gunner's going to this year, and maybe Grayson Rodriguez will, the Orioles will hope they can replace them and can continue with a high number on those lists. The best player development operations can do that year after year um, for the most part. And so this is where the international can come into play. Uh, whereas in uh, 10 years ago, the Orioles never really had a hope of having an international guy on a top 100 list. They weren't signing very many. Now they're signing a lot. They're spending their max. Um, and so now they're producing real talent. Their Dominican program, uh, their Latin American program is humming. And they have the new academy, of course, coming this year. It's going to open. Uh, so, so many exciting things are happening on the international front. And if you want to stay as a highly ranked farm, you better have international as a big part of that. And you better have them coming to the major leagues because we know about 30% of major league clubhouses are populated by international talent that did not come from the domestic draft. And so if you want to compete with the Yankees and the Red Sox and Rays and Jays, just look at Vladimir Guerrero and players like that that the Orioles have had to contend with over the years. You've got to have some of this, and they do now. Now, Steve, I want to ask about some specific players here. Let's start with Samuel Basayo, the catcher in the MLB Pipeline new top 30 for the Orioles. He comes in at number 12, which is the highest of any Orioles international signing. Seems like outlets and prospect rankings seem to think that Basayo has the highest upside among the international classes of the last few years. Do you see him that way as well? I think he's number one. He's number one for us on this list, and he's number 12, as you said, for Pipeline 15 Baseball America. I think the combination of power and a premium defensive position, he's a catcher, helps elevate him above some other players here. Uh, they, the scouts give him 60-grade power, 60-arm. I've been told that some of his throws last year, uh, miles per hour, rivaled Adley Rutschman-type throws. So I'm not putting him in Rutschman's class as a thrower, but I'm saying we've seen flashes of it on the farm the Orioles have. So the big arm is there. He's a big guy like Adley, 6'4", 200. So there are people that wonder, will he stay as a catcher? He's very flexible, I've been told. And, and one scout told me 60-40, he stays at catcher because of that arm and some things, some skills he's working on there. The power is legit. In two years, in 84 minor league games, DSL, FCL, he's hit 11 homers. Again, that's about in half a major league season. 
and the, and the young kids, they don't come out ranking 20 homers every time, but that's good power for this age. He's growing into more. Uh, and I'll tell you a story that I, I uh, confirmed with Grayson Rodriguez when I was in Florida recently. Last August, as Grayson was pitching in live BP session on a backfield at Ed Smith Stadium, one of the hitters he faced was Samuel Basayo. And he struck him out. And then the second time he faced him, because he had thrown a, a lot of mix of pitches the first time, he pumped a couple fastballs. And the third one he threw the kid, he hit it out to left center. That's an opposite field homer for a young kid uh, off of Grayson Rodriguez at a backfield at Ed Smith Stadium. And Grayson said it went out on a line shot. It was a rocket and turned some heads that day, those that were there to see it in Sarasota. So the power is legit. Uh, and he was tied for the home run lead in FCL last year. That's awesome. And it's great to see that kind of talent stacked up against some of the older, upper-level, talented prospects that the Orioles have as well because you see their stats, and it's hard to put them in context. So for him to get that opportunity to face Grayson Rodriguez, what a test for the young guy. So he jumps up to number one on your list. And, Steve, I don't want to give away the entire list. You won't give away the entire list just yet because that's to come in the days to follow, but let's talk about Freddie Ben Cosme because he wasn't even in the top 10 on this list last year, and he jumps all the way up into the top five. For Freddie Ben Cosme, what kind of season did he have in the Orioles minor league system to get all the way up to Aberdeen by season's end, and what kind of attention did he put on himself? A lot. Um, he is, and I found out in an interview with him this week at engaging kid with a really fun personality and he loves to play baseball and and the people around the Orioles tell me this kid is just competitive he's a manager's dream he'll drop a bunt if it'll help win a game he wants to do anything and everything he can to get better and he had a big year in 2022 in two years on the O's farm 801 OPS for Ben Cosme whose hit tool is ahead of his power but they think they're doing some things with him where the power is going to come and he's a solid shortstop on defense as well. Um, I saw him play in the playoffs last year at Aberdeen. Um, and the, his left-handed swing is a thing of beauty. It's a sweet swing. When you watch him, it's going to stand it out to you that this kid looks like a polished hitter. And he told me he's always had a really good swing. And uh, as early as 12 and 13 uh, in the Dominican, he, he and some coaches identified that this kid might make it one day. And they started working with him, and he did make it. And, and here's an amazing backstory on Ben Cosme. He was signed by the Orioles in August of 2020. That's a late international signing. The signing date was months before that. So now you're just grabbing a guy here and there. And Ben Cosme, the Orioles saw him play a lot watching other players. But then the scout would leave the field that day going, that kid at shortstop had a couple knocks. You know, better note his name. <clears throat> and so... He signed for just $10,000. It didn't even count against the pool in 2020. And now this kid's going to be starting shortstop at Aberdeen, most likely, and is in a top 30 list. So that shows you what you can do internationally. And uh, uh, Kobe Perez, the oil scouting director for the international kids, told me, we watched this kid play. We kept track of some stats. 
We compared our notes, different people who saw them. And at the end, we said, you know what? We don't have a lot of extra spots at our DSL program, and neither did other teams. So no one gave this kid a chance except the Orioles said, we can't let him get away. we got to take this kid. We just saw him do some nice things. And so let's just bring him in and see and look at what he's doing now. Steve, another middle infielder that I want to talk about, Michael Hernandez. A lot was made about the fact that he was a 6'3", fluid defender at shortstop, had a lot of power potential, but he's falling a little bit on your list here. Struggled last year. What do you make of his season last year, and what should we expect from Hernandez going forward? Well, first, it's great to see a high-dollar international signing from Venezuela. Because we can repeat the stat that one day we're going to finally get to stop saying the Orioles have never had an international amateur they signed from Venezuela make it all the way to the Orioles. We thought Eduardo Rodriguez was going to be that guy, and then he got traded for Andrew Miller several years ago. So somebody, there's, they're really doing well on Venezuela, and somebody's going to be that guy before too long. Maybe it'll be Michael. They signed him in 2021 for $1.2 million. He's now 19 years old, a left-handed hitting shortstop who is an excellent defender i mean scouts put 55 or 60 grade on his fielding and his arm big time fielder smooth polished shortstop defensively but struggled big time last year in the florida complex league he hitches 155 and one thing that the orioles are doing very well with these young kids in the international is they're already working very hard on swing decisions which we've heard at the higher levels of the O's farm. And we've seen how well that plays out for guys like Gunnar Henderson, you know, when they really hone in the plate discipline. So you got to start soon with these kids. And some of the young kids internationally can be free swingers. And you want to start to let them learn the strike zone at an early age. So they really emphasize, uh, get your pitch and don't chase. And so I, I've been told that Michael may have taken that almost too much to heart. There was almost a a little bit of a lack of aggressiveness at the time. He was getting into deep counts, waiting for his perfect pitch, and he got rung up a couple times. He had a high strikeout rate, 33-7, but he also had a good walk rate, 11, uh, a percentage, uh, 10.9 walk rate. That's solid for a young kid. So the Orioles feel like everything they saw that made them offer him over a million dollars is still there. Clearly the defense is, clearly the hitting potential is, but the production last year wasn't, so he dropped a little bit on this list this year, but he's still a guy they like a lot. He'll probably go back to the Florida Complex League uh, to repeat that, and then you just know, then you just look at shortstops moving up. You've got Hernandez ahead of him. you got Jackson Holiday. you got Ben Cosme, and we don't even mention Ortiz and the guys who are at the higher level, so it's just filled top to bottom with shortstops the Orioles like, uh, even these kids uh, in the Dominican program. Another shortstop middle infielder that I want to get your thoughts on. You don't have to reveal where he is in your list. He came in last year at number five, and that's Cesar Prieto. He drew a lot of attention when he was a signee from Cuba. He was 22 years old when he was signed, so we knew he was going to start in the upper levels of the Orioles' farm system. This year... Could be a big year for Cesar Prieto because he's battling behind some of the guys in AAA, whether it be Jordan Westberg or Joey Ortiz. And then he's got another group behind him that we just talked about in Freddie Ben Cosme and Jackson Holiday. Cesar Prieto, what can he do for himself this year? And, and what did he do for himself last year to kind of keep himself in the conversation of 
quality Orioles middle infield prospects who they have quite a lot of uh, hopes for? Um, you know, he he had a solid year. Um, and I, I don't think it was a great year statistically, but I think the Orioles look at it as a solid year. And if you dig into it and look at his stats late, they really fell off. And I think some people in the organization thought that he kind of faded a bit late and that, that tarnished his stats, which would have been so much better if the season ended August 15th or whatever. But it didn't. And so the stats fell off late for Prieto. But again, they still like him a lot. I think they believe second base is still his best position, but they can put him other spots in the infield. And so it will be a big year for him. Uh, if you saw those early spring games, he, he got a couple hits for the Orioles uh, in Florida over the weekend. And so did some nice things in a small sample size here to start spring training games. But you're right. We can't forget or overlook Prieto. You start thinking about Norby and Ortiz and Kobe Mayo and Jackson Holiday, and some you get lost. Some guys get lost in the shuffle, and maybe he does sometimes. But he is uh, knocking on the door too, and will be at the higher levels of the farm this year. And so playing time for these infielders in Double A AA and Triple A is going to be interesting. Where they're going to play them all, but they'll find room. They'll get them out there, and it's a good problem to have uh, so much infield depth. Remember when Elias took over? Middle infield seemed kind of barren. Now it's overflowing. Now, Steve, we talked about a lot of position players. Do you want to ask about pitchers a little bit? Again, without revealing your rankings here, who are some guys that the Orioles have signed on the international market pitcher-wise that you're excited to see over the next few seasons here? Well, some of these guys are probably guys who um, have not lit it up on the stat sheet yet. And again, they, they, they grade them a little bit on a curve when they're 16, 17, 18, 19. They're still learning how to pitch. They're still learning delivery. They're still learning how to handle their body between starts, their between starts routine. So they've got some big arms. We don't have a lot of pitchers on this list. I will tell you that. They're probably like six out of the 20 are pitchers, and the rest are position players. But Juan De Los Santos is a right-hander I wrote about last year. We got off to a great start at Del Marva. And then got hit a little bit later. But, I mean, he's a guy who's been up to 97 or 98 with his fastball. And he could be at Aberdeen this year. They could start him at Delmarva. Maybe he goes back to Aberdeen. Another guy who's going to make this list is one of the young pitchers they got in the Jorge Lopez trade. Juan Nunez is a right-hander. Uh, the Twins signed him for just 25000 And he was one of the pitchers. Uh, they traded four players to the Orioles for Jorge Lopez. Last August 2nd, so Juan Nunez is going to get in here. Davy Cruz is a lefty uh, who's been up to 94. Moises Chasse, just some of the names you're going to see pitcher-wise on this list over the next few days. Uh, all, got, all arms they like. Some of them have walk rates that just won't play right now, so they've got to work on that, but they've got a lot of time to work on that. So they're, they're giving the, these, these young kids, they're getting everything that the AAA kids are, the, the analytics the, the 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 you know this working with them on spin rate the uh, all the all the technology is available to them the coaching available to them and and it's a, it's a multi-year thing with a pitcher you know he might be I mean look at uh, Felix Bautista there were many times on the farm where people said this kid will never pitch in the major leagues walking that many guys and guess what happened there so this is the, you know he's kind of a, in, in a way Bautista is a little bit of a role model for some of these Dominican uh, and Latin American pitchers and international players, because it took, it took him a long time 
to make it to the major leagues. He was far from an overnight success. He was the opposite, but he is a success now in big league baseball. Steve, save for Kobe Perez. I don't know if there's anybody that knows the Orioles international prospects as well as you. So it's a joy to have you on the Mass and All Access podcast. And we look forward to reading every guy on your top 20 international prospect list in the Orioles system. Thanks so much for joining us, Steve. All right. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Brandon. Enjoyed it. That just about does it for the Mass and All Access podcast. And of course, catch Steve's entire list on MassInSports.com. For Brendan Mortensen, I'm Paul Mancano. We'll catch you next time.